Welcome to the Bluegrass Bammer podcast. I'm Stephanie Boyd, your host. In case you didn't know, Bammer stands for Badass Mother Runner. This podcast will bring you stories from across Kentucky and beyond about badass women running and the people that support them. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Bluegrass Bammer podcast, and I'm very excited today to share my microphone and my chair virtually uh, on this podcast with Lori Roberts. Hi, Lori. Welcome to the show. Hi. I'm super excited to be here today. Thank you for having Yay. me. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you here. Before we got on, I was just thinking about how long it's been since I've seen you in person. So I know it was in 2019. It was probably in the fall of 2019, Mm -hmm. the last that I physically saw you. So I was really excited to be able, this is how we're going to get to see each other. That's, that's better than nothing in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know we're both starting to get out and out, out and about a little bit more. So I'm hoping Mm -hmm. I'll run into you in person sooner rather than later in 2021. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I feel like it's been a rough year. Yeah, um, it certainly has. But I feel like everything's starting to come back. We're starting to see like the return of in-person racing. And uh, we've got our first um, MRTT, SRTT meetup, which yep. is super exciting in June. So yeah, I feel like we'll probably run in- into each other sooner rather than later now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, obviously, I know you already um, before we were introduced for this podcast. So, but there may be people listening who don't know you, although I feel like if they don't know who you are, they don't live in Louisville. I'll just have to say that because you are so um, connected to so many running organizations and people in the community. But for those of you who, for those who are listening, who may not know who you are, why don't you tell us how you identify, what are some labels or terms that you give yourself uh, that kind of describe you a little bit? How do you identify as a human? As a human. Um, so I have a lot of titles. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm Lori. That's, that's number one. Number one. Um, but I'm, I have a wonderful husband who I've been with now for almost 17 years. Um, I'm a mom to a beautiful daughter named Kira, who uh, will be three in September. Please pray for me. <laughs> Can't believe it. Um, in my in my work, I am an event and volunteer coordinator for an environmental education nonprofit called Brightside, um, and I am a runner. I am a, 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 an artist. I am a coach. I am a lot of a lot of things. And um, but that's obviously the thing that we're here to talk about today is my life as a runner. Um, and I came to running late in my life. Um, I was a, I went to, to school to be a performer. Um, I am a classically trained opera singer. Please don't ask me to sing. <laughs> um, but I started singing when I was four years old and I kept singing all the way through my junior year of college and realized then that I absolutely hated the business end of Mm. music industry and Mm -hmm. um, decided to make a change and make a shift and, um, you know, got a degree in communication instead of performance, which is really just the flip side of a coin. Um, (laughs) And when I was in college, I took this conditioning class and I thought that it was going to be mainly like weightlifting kind of conditioning, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. some cardio kind of conditioning, but I was not planning on running <laughs> at all. <laughs> and, 
and of course, as part of the um, as part of the class, we had to run a mile. And I have um, <laughs> since I was 13 years old, I've struggled with my weight and body image and all those kind of things. And at that point in my life, I was just shy of 200 pounds. Um, and I'm a short person, so I'm five foot four. So 200 pounds on my frame um, is a lot. And um, I've always been a strong person, but I've never been a fast person or a cardio inclined person. At least I hadn't been. So you didn't think you the, were. <laughs> yeah, right. So in this class, um, we had to do at the beginning of the class, we did a one mile sort of time trial to see where we were. Obviously, I was in a horrible personally, I thought I was in a horrible spot as compared to my classmates. Mm. And then uh, at the end of the class, we had to do it again. And I really hadn't made that much improvement speed wise. And it was so completely disheartening and embarrassing because I was so much slower than everybody else in that class. And I was the last person to finish. And it wasn't it was college and, you know, kids in college aren't always nice. Kids in school aren't always nice. Mm -hmm. And I really, I was embarrassed and I was, I was very, um, it, it put a really poor taste in my mouth when it came specifically to running. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'm never doing this again. I'm never running again. Screw this. It sucks. I hate it. Right. And I, and I held that, that was in 2004 and I held that pretty strongly until about 2007 my then boyfriend now husband um ran a ran the thanksgiving day five miler the iroquois hill five miler <laughs> with his uncle and he loved it and he's one of those people that like he's that husband that doesn't train for anything and gets off the couch and goes and runs like a nine minute yeah. mile 5k and is fine mm-hmm. it's its own story I know some of those people <laughs> <laughs> it drives me crazy um but he did it and he he was like you know we were sort of on a weight loss journey together and he was like I think that you can do this and he's like but I bet you won't and anyone who knows me knows that the quickest way, and I think this is true of most women, but the quickest way to get you to do something is to tell you that you won't or you can't. You can't. <laughs> right? And so I, I started running on the like 10th of a mile indoor track at Gold's Gym. And I remember the first time that I like fully ran a mile, like that feeling of um, redemption. Mm-hmm. because I, it took a while. It took me a while to get there, but I did it. And I was still not fast, but I was in better shape than I had ever been. And so I decided that I was going to do the next available race in Louisville at the time, which was the River City Races Reindeer Romp yep. in 2007. And it was a gauntlet. It was a horrible weather year. <laughs> And of course, this was when, you know, this was when I feel like racing was still not as popular as it is today. Mm-hmm. So like snow, sleet, 
ice. We didn't cancel. We, there were still about 60 people that showed up that morning to run. It was sleeting. It had snowed the night before. Cherokee Park was an absolute skating ring, but not solid ice. It was awful. But I did that race. It was awful. I did the race and I finished it and I crossed the finish line and I was so incredibly proud of myself. And I was like, I just remember that sense of accomplishment that I had put in the time I had done the work and I had crossed the finish line doing something that I said I was never going to do. Didn't think that I was ever going to be able to do. And that was, that moment was like my birth as a runner, to Mm -hmm. be completely honest. And I've had an up and down, you know, journey with it since then. But, but from, you know, 2004, when I cried about running a mile to where I am today, I've done, I can't tell you how many 5Ks I've done. I can't Mm -hmm. tell you how many 10Ks I've done. I've lost Mm -hmm. count. Mm -hmm. I've done 27 half marathons I've done two marathons like that's crazy to look at the girl that I was in 2004 and the relationship I had just with fitness and running and to where I am today it's it's a complete transformation and so that's kind of my my journey to getting to my identity as a runner yeah well, first of all, I have to say, when you said you hadn't been a runner for a very long time, I kind of laughed because you, you've clearly been running longer than me. So that's, I mean, I feel like I've been running for a little bit. You've been running longer than I have for sure. But I also feel like I get really angry when I hear people tell stories about that stupid one mile time thing that you had to do in high school or college because mm-hmm. it's so it's so defeating <laughs> and it's like yeah. against the whole purpose of trying, you, you know, of physical fitness and encouraging people to be active. I mean, no one just goes out and runs a mile. No one does that. I mean, you, if you do, it's painful. Like you're, it's not fun. So I hate that you had that experience, but I do love that your husband knew how to challenge you in the right way. Uh, yeah, I had my first half marathon. I was never going to run a half marathon. I was totally cool with five Ks for the rest of my life. And my husband signed me up without asking me for the KDF mini <clears throat> several years ago and I was so (laughs) upset with him I was so angry but I was like okay well he's challenged me to do this and he didn't say I bet you won't um he he I forget what he said exactly but I'm a very competitive person so Mm -hmm. I had to take on the challenge at that point since he'd already spent the money and said I could do it I could not do it I am not a competitive person unless I'm competing against myself or my husband. husband, Those are the only two Mm -hmm. two exceptions. I am super competitive with my husband because he knows all the right buttons to push, right? To to make me push myself. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you all have overcome some things together too. I know I was going back and um, reading your blog and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I read the story, which I don't, if you don't want to talk about it, we won't, but the story where um, he was hit by a car we were you both, were both hit by a car. you were both hit we were by both. a car so mm-hmm. tell like how did that because for me I mean I know people that have been training for triathlons and have gotten hit mm-hmm. on their bikes I don't know a lot of people who have gotten hit and injured by a car personally running mm-hmm. but I would think that that obviously is very traumatic and how do you how do you come back from something like that you know and just still love it and not be scared or like what what happened with all mm-hmm. of that 
So, um, so I, so let me give a little background of, mm-hmm. of how that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gil and I were married in um, September, 2012. And leading up to the wedding, um, I had really started running. I had taken a break from running after an injury and I had really started using running as a way to, you know, get in shape for the wedding. Mm-hmm. As many people do, they, they re-engage with fitness before they get married. Right. Yep. So I, it, it helped that Gil loved running too. So we would do races together and we were training together and we, we, you know, got married, went on our honeymoon. Um, and the week after we got home from our honeymoon, we were going for a run after work, um, over, uh, near the Northeast YMCA. And right in that business complex, there is a lake across the street from the YMCA. And so we were at the corner of Ormsby Station, and I think it's Mill Creek Road, yep. here nor there. That's um, right. Yep. But we were standing right that, at that intersection waiting for the, the crosswalk to change. And um, there was a gentleman who was making a left-hand turn um, out of the industrial park right there or the mm-hmm. business complex right there and he we got our white person walk sign to go across the walk and we had just maybe taken four or five steps um, into the intersection and he was driving a Ford Mustang and I heard the engine before I realized what was happening and Gil was on my left side Um, So he was closer to Mm -hmm. the car than I was. And he was just maybe two steps ahead of me. And I saw the car coming. And at first, like, I saw him. I saw the driver. I made eye contact with him. But he didn't actually see me uh, or see us. Mm -hmm. And I heard him accelerate into the turn, which that's a that's. It's not a very long intersection and it leads yeah. into another stoplight so that at the yeah. speed that he was taking that turn at was, was irresponsible in the first place. But mm-hmm. so I hear the extension, the engine accelerate and I go to grab Gil's right arm and I got the corner of his shirt, just his shirt sleeve. And I turned him just enough that he, the car, um, hit him at an angle. So he was sort of turned away from the car um, towards me. And it hit his left shin and left thigh um, and actually picked him up onto the hood like he took a little ride on the car Ugh. hood. And I was still holding on to him as this is happening with mm-hmm. my left arm and the passenger side tires um, the front tire ran over both of my feet and <laughs> yeah, and the, the passenger side mirror caught my arm and broke my, my hold on him. And I stepped back with my right foot and the rear tire ran over my left foot just as the driver realized what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and the torque of the tire breaking broke my foot. Oh. Uh, yeah. But, you know, Gil 
the guy breaks and he breaks hard and um, Gil hit the ground and I, I'm going to get a little emotional. I for sure thought that, um, that he was dead because right. he hit the ground sure. and he was a sack of potatoes. Like I've never, it's not something that I ever want to see happen again to anyone, right. anyone, right. Um, right. but least of all my husband of two weeks. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and, uh, so I'm sitting there and I, I, when that back tire went over my foot, I sat down because the pain was so intense and so quick. Um, it just, it took my breath away and I, I sat down. I didn't fall. I just sat down and I saw Gil hit and he is laying there. And the way that the car stopped, I was kind of at the back um, passenger corner. And so the driver couldn't see me. He saw Gil, he got out of his car um, and he he was on his phone calling EMS mm-hmm. and, um, and during all of this, you know, there's people in the intersection, it's like five 30. So it's busy because it's, in, it's, it's always busy right context. there. Yeah. It's always busy, but people are getting off work. I'll run there a lot. And, yeah. So, um, so this, so the people that are, you know, coming off of Mill Creek see me, but they don't see Gil. The people that are on Ormsby see Gil, but they don't see me. So we had people sort of getting out of their cars from two directions. And then, and these people off of Mill Creek were coming up to me and one of them was a nurse. And as she's walking up to me, Gil comes to, and he tries to sit up, obviously realizes that something's not right. Uh-huh. He, he gives me, he like leans up and gives me a thumbs up to let me know that he's okay. And, uh, and lays back down. <laughs> just gonna rest um, here for a minute (laughs) yeah and so you know this nurse practitioner is coming up to me and I'm like please go check on my husband like I keep sending everyone over to him because I realize that like I'm self-conscious I'm still breathing my foot's probably broken my arm might be broken but but I'm okay I'm going to be fine I don't know if Gil's okay like he out of the two of us, I thought that he was going to be in much, much worse shape than I was, mm-hmm. um, which ended up not being the case at all. He's hard. He's a hard person to hurt. Apparently. Hardcore. And, and thank goodness for it. Um, we, we definitely had a, um, some guardian angels looking out for us that day. Uh, but so I, in that moment of knowing that he's okay, like he's alive, um, not knowing the extent of anyone's injuries, but knowing that he's alive and I'm okay. Um, I went from being terrified to being so angry in like a breath, in a heartbeat. Because uh, once the driver realized that I was sitting on the ground behind his car, he had the audacity to walk around the corner of his car and look at me sitting on the ground and say, did I hit you too? And <laughs> I said, yes. And he said, do you need anything? And I said, your insurance card. <laughs> <laughs> because I was so angry. I was so angry that and and now looking back on it I'm not as nearly as angry as I was in that moment because you know we've all been in that situation where you're driving in your car 
you just gotten off work, you're focused on getting home, you don't remember getting from point A to point B, like you're distracted. And, and he could have been changing the radio station, he could have mm-hmm. heard a ping on his phone, you don't know. Um, and I didn't know. So, you know, in hindsight, I, I do not have any anger remaining for this man at all. Um, I was angry in the moment because I was really scared. Right? Sure. And that was my response. But so, but I'm also the person in an emergency situation that's like, <laughs> I, I think of all the details. So like I had my phone on my arm in my armband. And I took a picture of his license plate because, you know, when things like that happen and people get scared, he could have driven off. He could sure. have, sure. it could have been a much different situation. So, you know, at the end of the day, I ended up with one broken bone in my foot, um, which of course as a runner is probably the most devastating place that you can have an injury, but it could have been so much Mm -hmm. worse. Mm -hmm. It could have been so, so much worse. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the recovery for that, for me, obviously Gil had bumps and bruises. He had a contusion in his leg. He had a concussion from hitting the ground, which is what he was unconscious for not even a minute, but he had a concussion from that. And um, in my recovery, I was in I was in a non weight bearing air cast on my foot for um, uh, eight weeks, and then I was on limited um, I like had limited pressure for another like four or five weeks after that. So it was like a 13, 14 week recovery before I was even out of the cast and it was probably six months with physical therapy before I was able to run and that was just from one broken bone that was mm-hmm. luckily broken in a way that I didn't have to have surgery um crazy. It, I got really 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 lucky mm-hmm. for the amount of times that you hear stories about runners being hit by cars and you know, being devastatingly injured or not surviving it at all. Um, we were incredibly, incredibly blessed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, it took me a while to get back to running, but when I, um, did get back to running, um, I wasn't scared. I wasn't scared to go out and run. Um, what I was, was unmotivated to run by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, because before that I had been a solo runner. I had been a headphone runner. Uh, I didn't have any headphones mm-hmm. on that day, <laughs> but I had been kind of that. Thank I goodness. Right. Yeah, I know. Um, I had been the, I run with music. I don't talk to people. Um, and I run by myself all the time. And after that happened, I didn't want to run by myself anymore. Um, one, because if anything happened, I wanted people to be around. Right. But two, mm-hmm. Like, I just didn't feel as comfortable running by myself anymore. Um, and I needed, I needed uh, some accountability and community mm-hmm. to help me um, get back to the runner that I was before. And that, that experience really made me understand how important and how integral running had become in my life. Because, like, when it happened, I remember thinking oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to race this year because I had, I had planned out all these 5Ks. Like uh, we had a whole race calendar kind of set up for ourselves. Um, and it was all in that moment. It was all gone. It was just up in smoke. And, um, and it, really, it really made me realize how important 
running had become to me and how much of a piece of my personality, it, how big it was in my life. Um, and so by the time I got through physical therapy and all of that, it was, it was like May of 2013. And, um, and I was doing some research online and I had done a group run with Fleet Feet Louisville um, a couple of years before. And I was uh-huh. like, they have a training group. I remember them having a training group. So I get online and um, I had set myself a goal that I was gonna run a half marathon that fall. Like I didn't care what it took. I was going to run a half marathon that year. This was your comeback. This was your. This is my comeback. It yeah. was, and so um, I joined the Fleet Feet training group in July of 2013, and that was kind of all she wrote. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've been with them and and so many more groups, but I've been with them primarily since then. And that that group of runners that I met that summer um, have become some of my best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 it, it's really funny. So I say this to people now all the time. I don't love the physical aspect of running. I still don't, right? I don't. What I love about running is the community that comes with it. Mm-hmm. The people that I get to run with. Like running, especially like running right now, it sucks. It's hot outside. Yep. Like it's, you know, those, those seasons change in a heartbeat and like it's, it's tough work. But when you have a group of people to run with, whether that be a training group or a group like SRTT, like it makes a difference. And I, that the group of people that I met have, have changed my view of running entirely. And mm-hmm. I really learned something about myself um, during the 2020 pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, because so I'm, I'm the head coach of the Fleet Feet training program now. Uh, so I went from like <laughs> zero to a hundred um, with that training group in the last uh, almost 10 years. Um, right. But so, you know, in March of 2020, we, we had been doing our in-person training up until that point, And we like, like everyone else cut the group off, it went completely dormant for, um, gosh until January not knowing knowing how long you would do that right Right. like thinking thinking that it would be a couple of weeks and having it end up to be Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit shy of a year for us Um, and in 2020 I ran 46 miles I was gonna say I think 2020 has been my least amount of mileage in the past five or six years (laughs) But so I, I went from being a coach of a training group, a, a multi-race runner to literal dormancy um, mm-hmm. because I just, I have realized that now I run because of the people who hold me accountable to running. And so, you know, the, the people that I coach to getting to their half marathons or marathons, or, you know, I'm coaching a couch to 5k program right now. Like I run because of them. They motivate me mm-hmm. and it's very selfish, but I'm, I'm a hundred percent okay with it. Like I love seeing people come from a place like I was in when I started running mm-hmm. and a- accomplishing their goals with running. So I run yeah. to, to, to see that, like yeah. their accomplishments motivates me. Yeah. Um, 
I could totally so. see that. I could to because and only because you know you're talking about how you started running and some of the obstacles that you've that you've overcome and then also coming back from an injury like that you you know that you did for me that experience those life experiences will just make you a better coach in terms of taking understanding what people are going through if they're new to running or having to restart a running journey you have that experience also and so i would say the people that you coach and the people in your um you know, in those running groups at Fleet Feet really respect, I'm, I'm sure they respect you, but they also probably feel like, okay, Lori's actually human. You know, she's not this running cyborg that mm -hmm. goes out and just tears up 80 miles a week, you know, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that either. But, you know, I think it's nice when you walk into any situation, whether it's at Feet Fleet, another running group, you know, in town, and you can have a connection with someone who is is similar to you in some way, whether it's how they look, their life experience or whatnot. So, you know, Absolutely. being a female runner in our community and being a leader in running community, I, I really love both of those things about you because I want to... I was going to ask if we could talk a little bit about just, and I don't want to get away from you being a coach at Fleet Feet because you probably have tons of awesome stories, but <laughs> going back to this whole body positivity thing that, mm -hmm. you know, we see a lot of times with women when they're talking about running and eating and um, just what do I wear and how do I look and some women really get caught up in that part of it instead of the other aspects Absolutely. of running that are very enjoyable. And for me, I love watching you race only because lots of times you show up in the most extraordinary outfits. Um, you also run with your daughter in a stroller. Or you have, I don't know if you're still doing that because mm -hmm. she's bigger now, but um, you don't, you are not one to be fearful to show up at Iroquois or Cherokee with a stroller to run. <laughs> Yep. And you will run in whatever you feel like running in that day, whether yep. it's a, a cat suit or a sports bra and some shorts, whatever it is, mm -hmm. you've got it on and you're out there rocking it, whatever you're doing. And I think um, there's something to be said about that because, you know, there are, there are lots of women who are not comfortable doing that for whatever mm -hmm. reason. So one of my favorite photos of you has to be, I think it's the firecracker 10 K there's like, um, yeah. there was one before you had Kira and then one, or maybe you were pregnant uh -huh. and then one so, after. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love your outfits The your outfit coordinates with Kira's outfit and it's mm -hmm. beautiful. And it's one of my favorite like race photos of all time. I just think it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I, I am not, uh, skinny runner at all. Um, I am, uh, I love that you point out the whole body, body positivity, um, aspect of it. Cause like you said, like, and like I've talked about, I have had a whole journey with running and, and fitness and weight and all of that. And mm -hmm. so, um, I am, I am a really big proponent for being comfortable in the skin that you're in mm -hmm. because it doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what other people think of what you look like. What matters is how you feel about you. Mm -hmm. um, and running isn't about being skinny running isn't about being fast running isn't about any of those things it's not about winning races it's not about 
um, any of that. It is about moving and moving forward and being a healthier version of yourself for yourself, you know, at, at, at the top of the pyramid. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I run because I want to be a better role model for my daughter. Um, I run because I want to have a healthier life. But at the end of the day, it's for me, mm-hmm. right? My physical fitness doesn't affect Kira. It doesn't affect you. It doesn't affect the other people that I run with. It affects me. And, you know, in probably like 2016, 2017, I um, saw the whole sports bra squad movement. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to be a part of that because I think running in the summer sucks. First off, I think it's completely unfair that, that guys can go out and run shirtless because right. it, uh, I did it. <laughs> I'll say this. So once you take your shirt off and run in your sports bra, you'll never go back because the temperature difference is insane. Unbelievable. Like the, the, you're so much cooler, um, yep. running in a sports bra than you would be running in a sports bra and a tank top. Yeah. See, it's I think crazy. I don't I don't think it's unfair that men can run without their shirts on. I think it's unfair that men can run without a sports bra on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I could go that far because that would kind of be painful. I know, but I'm just saying if they had to yeah. run in a sports bra, maybe they would understand. I mean, it's not Probably. it's not fun. It's definitely not yeah. fun. We don't have that freedom, but, right? We can't just go Exactly. Just, we just don't have that freedom. Yeah. But so, but like I said, I'm not, I'm not a skinny runner. I've got wiggles and jiggles and, and in all those places. And, um, and, and it takes a certain amount of confidence to, um, to be a bigger running person mm-hmm. and to take your shirt off and, and just go do it. And, and there are still times, you know, when I, um, <laughs> Uh, someone will look at me or uh, there was a story. So when I was pregnant with Kira, I was probably like, um, it was June. So I was about six months pregnant with Kira and, um, and I was running around the track at Seneca and I didn't have my shirt on because I don't care if I'm pregnant. I don't care if I'm not pregnant. Like mm-hmm. I'm not running with a shirt on in the summer when it's hot. And this woman, and it was a woman, which that that's a, it's gonna problem. make it worse <laughs> right because women are so hard on other women yep which is tough right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. those are the people that you want to support the mm-hmm. most um so this woman looks at me um in such a way that I could tell that she was judging the choice that I had made <laughs> to run without my shirt on and I remember just being so self-conscious and, and feeling so hurt by the look that she gave me mm-hmm. um, because, you know, most of the time I am that person that like when I get a cat call from a guy or like I, whatever, I will, I'll smile and wave at him because, you know, if you're trying to get under my skin, like I've, I've had people, um, I've had people. <laughs> Did you time that? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I had people like in cars driving by like say things to me and and honestly like I thank them for that because it just motivates me to work harder mm-hmm. um but but that's not the case for a lot of people 
Right. Um, so I have, I have, and I think that goes back to being a performer and being on stage and having to take that criticism, like just growing up with other people's thoughts and impressions being put on me. Um, I have developed a, a thicker skin when it comes to people's just comments and whatnot, but that's not to right. say it doesn't hurt. Right. Um, but it, but, but I think that there, there has to be some sort of recognition just from the society at large. Like if you are out there trying to better yourself, whether that be, you know, taking a risk and, and running a 5k or, um, running without your shirt on, or just trying to improve yourself in whatever way or form that is like, we need to support each other, Absolutely. support people and, and so I think that's a big part of what the sports bra squad movement is saying that it doesn't matter that you got wiggles and jiggles. People who weigh 110 pounds have wiggles and jiggles. Yep. Like people have stretch marks. So what? You are moving and you are trying to better yourself. So why not like, why not support that person? Why not cheer for them? Why not be just, why not help them build the confidence to be better? Yeah. It doesn't hurt you. It doesn't hurt you to be nice. It doesn't hurt you to say fantastic job. You're doing awesome. I see you doing that hard work. So, so yeah, I, the picture that you were mentioning at the fire, it's a firecracker 6k in okay, Indianapolis. Okay. Yeah. In and Indy. it's a, it's a 4th of July race and I've done it for, for quite a few years now. Um, and I love that race. Um, the, the picture that I took for July, 2017, I'm still pregnant with Kira. Uh, and I was full on bump glory. I'd put like a just stars and stripes, uh, temporary tattoo on my belly. Awesome. <laughs> and like, you know, I wanted that. I wanted to have that picture so that when Kira grows up, that she sees that strength looks different on everybody. Right. Strength can look like, like you running pregnant without your shirt on. And then yep. a year later, pushing her in the stroller, like that is strong. That is an incredible image. And I am so proud yep. that there was a photographer there to capture that it's picture amazing. to both of them. Um, amazing picture. And I think it also, it's a, it looks like a celebration to me, you know, and I think that that's a bigger, that's the bigger thing that I get out of that picture is a celebration of you just doing something that you love and being really proud and strong and confident with it mm -hmm. and, you know again just and celebrating being pregnant and being able to do that you know while you're pregnant I just I think mm -hmm. it, it that's what it screams to me when I see it it's just like celebration and happiness yeah and I feel like a lot of women when they're pregnant um now I say this with a caveat if you are under doctor's care and your doctor says don't yeah. do it don't do it because right. at the end of the day your health and your child's health is, is, at, is at the top of the, of the list. Right. But mm -hmm. I'd been mm -hmm. a runner for a long time and I was very candid with my, my doctor that I wanted to keep being a runner when I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. And, and so I did. And I, it's crazy to think about it now, but I ran 21 races while I was pregnant. Um, so I most people don't race. run 21 <laughs> races in their lifetime, Lori. <laughs> no, I know. Kira's run know. more races than some adults have. So there you go. Right. And so, <laughs> and that was all before she was born. And I actually, I knew that she was going to be, I just had a feeling and I'm sure as a, as a birth worker, you know, this, like I had a feeling that she wasn't going to be born on her due date. So yeah. I ran a 5k on her due date. <laughs> uh, she was born six days later. So 
Um, but, but that was a big goal for me. Like, and again, it was that kind of advocacy for pregnant women, right? Mm -hmm. So often in, in the woman that judged me in Seneca park for being that big, that pregnant and running without a shirt on, like, I, I just wanted other women to know that being pregnant doesn't mean that you can't keep doing the things that you're doing as long as it's safe and healthy for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to stop running. It doesn't mean that, that, you know, you have to stop being who you are just because you're pregnant. I mean, obviously, again, you want to do what's safe and healthy for you and your child. Um, but I, I always think of the sex in the city episode with Charlotte because she was the runner and she was so scared to run because she had had issues, right. Getting pregnant and Mm -hmm. and being pregnant. And and that's a big reality for a lot Mm -hmm. of women Mm -hmm. and, and it can be really scary, but I think, you know, it's just, it's just, I just wanted to be the, the physical reminder to women that you are strong and you can do hard things even when you're pregnant. Yep. I agree. I agree. Well, you got everybody listening. will have to go check out that photo. It's on, um, I think Lori's Instagram. So yeah, we'll share, we'll share your Instagram link, uh, in the show notes. so Everybody can check it out. It's one of my favorite running photos of all time. <laughs> um, so in that, in, in, in that regard, I want to ask you to give us just a little, uh, background on kind of your handle on social media. So your <laughs> blog and uh, Instagram, and I, I know why you, this is your, this is your handle, but we can tell everybody else. So you go, um, you go by your handle turtle goes for a run. Yeah. So, um, so like you were saying, a lot of people um, use the, the turtle for being a slower runner, which I am, that is a hundred percent accurate of me. Um, I am not a fast runner by any stretch of the imagination, but I, uh, actually fell in love with turtles when I was in seventh grade. Um, and I've had a lot of, um, just life, uh, things around turtles. So fell in love with turtles when I was in seventh grade, but they're also the mascot for my sorority. I'm Delta Zeta Mm -hmm. national sorority, and they're the mascot for that. Um, and I, I fully believe as a runner that turtle doesn't mean that you're slow. Um, you know, turtle just means that you go at your own pace. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the fastest animals in the world are turtles who are trying to get back to the water. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I, I use turtle in a lot of different um, ways, but I don't think that being a turtle runner has to mean that you're a slow runner. And I don't have any problem with people saying that they're turtles and being slow. Um, I just think that, that it's turtles are one of my favorite animals and, and I am a slower runner. So it just kind of, it kind of naturally fit. Um, but yeah, I don't think being a turtle means that you're slow. My, my handle on Garmin is actually speedy turtle. There's all kinds of turtles, just like there's all yeah. kinds of people. My son Absolutely. is, um, since he's been born, he's been fascinated with turtles and sea, like sea mm-hmm. turtles. Um, yeah. And there's lots of meanings behind turtles, like with other cultures. So, um, mm-hmm. so I think turtles are really cool. Yeah. But, so it's funny that you mentioned that. So I, I wear this turtle necklace and it's got uh, three little turtles on it. And my husband got it for me 
um, when we found out that Kira was going to be a girl. Um, and because in the Hawaiian culture, mm-hmm. um, the word for family is Hanu and the word for turtle, sea turtle is also Hanu. So, you know, again, it's just those, those situations in my life where all, all the things that I love sort of intersect. So I wear this necklace Aww. every day. Um, because it represents my family, it represents my favorite animal, and it, it it's just perfect. I love it. <laughs> so, thinking about where you're at with running now, I know we were talking about, um, mm-hmm. you know, things are starting to lift, and here in Kentucky, we're able to do more things as in small groups or even larger groups now, as related to COVID, and so the running groups and um, runners just in general are out and about again more. Um, so I'm curious to know what you're looking forward to in the upcoming weeks and months, either with coaching or just, you know, being out and being a part of the running community again. What are you excited about? Um, so many things. I think that, you know, Fleet Beat training group has been in person and virtual since January of 2021. And that's been um, Okay. It's been going great. Um, we, we were very strict with our mask guidelines and, you know, um, in the colder months as uh, when cases were still kind of high, but on the decline, um, you know, we asked every single runner to mask up and, um, and stay that way, even as we were running, um, which in the winter months, who doesn't want their face covered? It's cold. Right. Right. Um, uh, and we had we had really good um, adherence to all of the policies that we laid out. Um, so it was it was awesome. And you know we had no no COVID incidents from the training group at all. Um, so I'm really proud of that and That's that awesome. our runners were so. Um, I think that the group environment was so important to people that they really took it to heart, you know, the things that we were asking them to do Mm -hmm. so that Mm -hmm. we could be in person. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that just wrapped up uh, for our half and full marathon training group wrapped up uh, with the Kentucky Derby Festival mini and marathon in April. Um, And we started a coach to couch to 5k no boundaries program, which is going on now. um, And we'll wrap up in a couple of weeks with the on global running day. So I've got some, some ladies that are training for their first 5Ks, awesome. um, which is, yeah, it's one of my favorite things. Like I said, like seeing people accomplish that goal is, is really amazing. Um, but personally, so I, um, because I have people to train, I'm out training. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, um, this year I'm an urban bourbonite uh, for the urban bourbon half marathon. Uh, so I'm a race ambassador for that. So that's, um, one of my goal races, uh, for the fall is the half marathon. And I'm really hoping, um, my husband is the current half marathon time holder, like fastest time in our, in our household. He got that while uh-huh. I was pregnant, by the way. Oh. oh yeah. He, cause I didn't run after June that year, I didn't run past six miles. Yeah. Um, so I didn't run a half marathon while I was pregnant. I, I did 10 K's and less. Um, but he ran the half marathon while I was pregnant and, and beat my time. That's sneaky. Yeah. (laughs) So I have a goal to, to try to PR my half marathon this fall, which is going to take some time because like I said, I didn't run it all last year. So I got some big goals. Um, but plenty of time. 
yeah, I got plenty of time to do it. Um, but I'm also, you know, registered for some smaller races. Um, I'm doing the plant 5k in September Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. Louisville grows. Um, doing the firecracker 6k in July. Um, yeah, so I'll be back. I'll be back up racing in Indianapolis. Um, which is a whole funny story about why I race up in Indianapolis. My best friend lives up there and she was one of those people that used to say, I will not run unless someone is chasing me or something is chasing me. (laughs) Um, And then I started running all of these races and I talked her into doing it. And now she's running half marathons. (laughs) Yep. Gotta gotta watch that. Lori might talk you into something. Right. I, I will never talk anyone into a marathon because I fully believe that that has to be a choice you make for yourself. Um, half marathons and below though, watch out. If you yep. have a conversation with me about running 13 miles or less, you've heard you it here. Doing it. You've heard it here. So I if you're on the fence, call Lori and she'll talk uh-huh, you into Call me. I like my, you know, the best way to convince someone to do something is to make them think it was their idea. <laughs> Uh, and I am obviously really not met my husband who <laughs> <laughs> right. just surprises you with race registrations you had no clue you were going to be running but um but I but like your strategy better <laughs> marathons are my caveat because I've run two yeah. and you know you've run marathons too and you know a marathon is a commitment not just on race day it is a commitment for months leading up to it and yeah. it affects your family it's a family commitment yeah (laughs) so I will never try to talk somebody into running a marathon until they decide for themselves without anybody else's influence that they want to do it yeah no that's Um, fair but yeah so I I I really am looking forward to um getting out and racing in person and and person and seeing people I did I did the KDF half marathon and I tell you it was one of the best days of the last 14 months of my life um because I saw you know and they did it real. they did a fantastic job Mm -hmm. they spread people out over four days um 50 people per wave like they it was it was a different course than we've ever done before right um but I saw so many people that I haven't seen in a really long time um out there running that day and even people that I didn't know I was just so happy to see people doing something that is so normal for me, but like seeing people running and like, I was, I was, I had the biggest smile on my face. I think my cheeks hurt more than my legs hurt the next day. Yep. Um, yeah, I had so much FOMO about that race, yeah. not doing that. I just didn't, I couldn't sign up for it before because I had been sick. And so I just knew yeah. I wasn't going to be ready to run in April, but it was awesome to see everybody out there. Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. And that, you know, that really, I had been on the fence. I hadn't done any in-person races. Um, I'd done a lot of virtual, mm-hmm. I'd done a lot of virtual races, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but but I hadn't done any in-person races before that. And so it was kind of like my two feet jumping right back in the water, um, racing. And I was so glad that I did it. It was not nearly by any stretch of my imagination, my fastest half marathon, but that was not my goal in, in April. My goal was to go out and do the race and be with people, be safe, and have mm-hmm. as much fun as possible. And I tell you what, 
I achieved, I PR'd all those things that day. <laughs> I PR'd in happiness. It was yeah. so amazing. It looked to, great to see people. Yeah. I'm looking forward to my first in-person race, which right now I'm only scheduled uh, urban bourbon's the only one I have on my first one I have for the fall scheduled for well, it sounds so I'm like super excited. I need to I need to talk <laughs> you into doing some races I don't have to talk you into running <laughs> no you don't you don't I just haven't signed up for anything else yet and that you know that was a deferral from last year so mm-hmm. I just rolled it over but yeah I'm looking forward to it and seeing people and seeing seeing people out at group runs that's going to be exciting we're starting mm-hmm. those back up in June with our running club so yeah looking forward to that um so I can't wait to see you but before I go, I want to make sure that I ask you the question I ask all of our listener or all of our guests for our listeners. I want you to tell me, um, because this is the Bluegrass Bammer podcast, and we know lots of Bammers. Bammer stands for Badass Mother Runner. Tell us when you think of a Bammer, what is what does that person look like or describe that person? You know, um, I don't, I think that a Bammer is someone who is out there doing the work and happy to be doing the work um whether they are pushing a stroller which is incredibly difficult because you guys the stroller and all the extra weight of the stroller but also the child so it's constant constant (laughs) increasing difficulty uh as you as your kids grow Mm -hmm. um but you know it could be a dog mom it could be a human mom it could be it could be anybody I think Mm -hmm. that you any woman who is out there enjoying herself and enjoying um, the the gift of being able to run um, is a real bammer in my book um, because you know running is really a gift. It's not it's not something that everybody can do. It's not something that um, everybody wants to do. But I think that when you find the right group of people to do it with, it is such a blessing um, and. And yeah, I think that that bammers are just anybody who's out there, any lady who's uh-huh. out there just putting putting one foot in front of the other um, yeah. and smiling while they do it. I agree. And I would say you fit into that category for sure. So I want to thank <laughs> you for coming on the podcast and tell us a little bit more about yourself and tell us a little bit about what you love about running. And I, I'm going to link to the show notes too. Um, just a link to uh, Fleet Feet in case people want to know more about any of the programs you all have going on there, whether it's in person or virtual. And uh, I'll put your social handles in there. And that way people can kind of follow your journey over the summer. And I hope to see you. I hope you get back out maybe with the stroller running crew for a little bit. They're trying to resurrect those, I think, now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I know they would love to see you too there. So. Yeah, I, I, I can't wait. I can't yeah. wait to see. I can't wait for Tour, tour de Lou in, our, uh, in June. I'm planning to go to that. And then, um, you know, I've been trying to make it. We've had a couple of, of stroller meetups, but because I'm coaching the No Boundaries crew right now, it's, it's yeah. hard to make both. T- I want to be in all the places at All the things, all the running things. <laughs> um, but Kira, Kira's out there with me in that stroller and being a trooper and <laughs> letting me push her. She. You know, there's there's a T-shirt that I want to get for her uh, from one of my favorite uh, design companies, Sarah Marie Design Studio. Uh-huh. She has a shirt that says, I'm not crying, I'm coaching. <laughs> um, but, That's awesome. But for Kira, now it's not that she's crying. It's that every every couple miles, 
my turn. Can I get out and run? Which is the best thing for me. Like, I I love it. it. I love that she wants to get out and run with me. Um, But I have to keep telling you, you got to wait your turn. Mommy's got to get a couple more miles. I love it. And then it, and then it's your turn to get get out and run. So, you know, it's, it's pretty awesome. Guys out there raising more runners. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. Got to start them early. Oh, you do. Shoot. I wish somebody had started me earlier, but it is what it is. So, well, I want to thank you just for all your positivity and really supporting so many people in the running community, not just we, not just us, not just females, but, you know, men included. And um, just thank you for being such a great uh, spirit as a part of our Louisville running community. We all love you very much. So. Oh, thank you. I, I, I would not be the person I am without all the runners that I know in Louisville. Um, the Louisville running community is unlike any other running community I have ever seen, ever been a, been a part of. It's it's truly special. You have a, yeah. a fantastic community here, and any runner from anywhere in 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 any part of the world, come to yep. Louisville and come run with us because you will you'll fall you won't in love with it. too. Yep. Yeah, they it's amazing. It. I agree. Okay, Lori. Well, I'm going to let you go so you can um, get safely back to Kira since you've (laughs) been on your break. And I look forward to seeing you soon, okay? Yes, ma'am. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bluegrass Bammer podcast. If you like what you've heard, hit subscribe to the podcast so you can catch the next episode when it's live. Also, you can find me um, on my blog, that is bluegrassbammer.wordpress.com, or you can follow me at bluegrassbammer on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. See you next time, and until then, happy running.